0: We've been talking about our series, Step Into Your Greatness. And so we know that it's not a matter of just making one step towards the purpose and the plan that God has for our lives. We know that it's going to take a series of well-planned out, well-prepared steps to get us to the greatness that God has for us. And you might say, why is it that um, I need to be great? Well, we know the scripture says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. We spoke about that at the previous uh, broadcast. So you can always go back and try to replay that. And so we're going to hone in tonight. And we're going to talk more deeply on step three, which is to gather your team. And so on your way to the path of greatness, we know the scripture also said that Jesus said, greater things than these you will do because I go to my father. So he's talking to you, whether you're male, female, rich, poor, bound or free. Jesus was saying, listen, if you're in my kingdom, if you're going to do things my way, I have great things for you to do. I have greatness in store for you. And so we're going to continue in our series talking about step into your greatness. And tonight we're talking about step three, which is gather your team. And so the last time we spoke about Deborah and Barak, not, not our past president, we're talking about Barak was the, um, the leader of the army for the Israelites when Deborah was the judge and also the prophetess. And this story is in Judges 5. And we're also talking about Judges chapter 6 as well. And so the reason why I like to use these stories is it shows us the character of God. It shows us who God is and what he expects from his children and then we get to see how to move in faith to get to that mountain, to get to the prize or to get to that dream, the vision that God has for us because he has an awesome plan for your life and he don't want you to miss it and I don't want you to miss it and I know you don't want to miss it and so let's dig right into into the, those um that step that we, we're going to need to take, which is to gather our team. And so, yes, they gathered their team. Besides, says Barak took 10,000 men with him. He gathered his team. And then we also see that Jesus, when he started his ministry, he gathered his team. Now, we all know his team consisted of 12. And so he, he mobilized his team as well. And so one of the things we have to do is we have to surround ourselves with a particular character of people who can help us get to that next level that God has for us. And so what we're going to be, we like to be practical, right? We know that sometimes um, we, we can't choose quantity over quality. We need to have some quality friends who can take us to where it is we need to to go. And so when we look at, um, in Judges chapter six, we looked at Gideon as well. When when God was ready to take him to the next level and, and say, okay, we're ready for your dream. This is what you've been, this is what you were created for. Let's do this. Gideon also mobilized his team. So we have two teams looking at two teams here that's been mobilized, actually three if we look at Jesus as well. And so we're going to look to see what's similar between all these teams because God had a word for each of them as they gathered their team and for you as well as you're about to gather your team. Let's see what we can learn from this so that we can be successful into stepping in to our greatness. And so um I love this story. It says in chapter 7 verse 2, Whoever is afraid or anxious may turn back. So one of the things that God told um, Gideon is, okay, you have like 30,000 men, but I want you to send back all the ones who are afraid or who are anxious. You need to just send them back. And so we see that sometimes we may have people who are fearful who are doubtful, and who are anxious, I just call them naysayers. Sometimes we are surrounded with naysayers that we can't push forth into the the purpose and the plan that God has for our lives. Now, don't confuse naysayers with wise counsel, because we know the scripture says that, um, you know, if you're going into a war, of course, or into anything, you want to have wise counsel. It says a wise man has many counsels, However, we're talking about the quality over the quantity. So Gideon had like 30,000 and God says, you know what? Those who are fearful, doubtful, anxious, you need to send them back. And who else did that? We see Jesus did the same thing. When he went into the house, he had a, he had a a great miracle that needed to be done. He needed something to be done to push through into his ministry. This is what this is when he was first getting started, first starting out. And uh they said, well, well this girl is dead. But Jesus had already said that the girl would be fine. So when he walked in, they started laughing and snickering. Can you imagine that? The Bible literally said that. They were laughing And they were snickering because they thought Jesus came too late. And so they started laughing about him. I said, like, what's this guy think he's going to do? This girl is already dead. And so sometimes let's think about our lives. Sometimes people, people may be laughing at us because we have this big lofty dream. And we say we're going to do something. And in their natural eyes, they can't see how you can do that particular thing. But you know that God gave you a word. For that thing. And so you have to hang on to God's word over whatever the natural eyes could see because that's called faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. And so God, Jesus gave us a great example of faith because He said, This girl will live. Um, And so when He walked in, they said, They started laughing and saying, Well, this girl is dead already. You know, I don't even know where He's going. And so this is our example. What Jesus did is all those who were laughing and snickering, he put them out the room. He told them to leave the room. And then he took Peter and, and uh, John or James. Um, and he told them, you guys, that's in um, Mark 5 You can You can find the story there and get the names and everything straight. But I'm just summarizing the story for you. So he took the two men with him into the room. He sent everybody else out and then he went in to accomplish his task. Now, if Jesus could, could recognize that having naysayers with you will only hinder your blessing and hinder your miracle, much less for us. So we have to know who is on our team, who it is that we have surrounded ourselves with. So you need to find yourself among some faith people. He found only two in a room full of people. He sent the rest back. And so it's the same, the same for us. You want to be around people who are saying what God said. If God said in Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the plans I have for you It's plans of Shalom, is wealth, peace, prosperity, is wholeness, is wellness. If God is saying that's his plan for you and somebody else is trying to tell you something different, all right, I think you may need to leave the room or if it's your room, you have them leave your room. And this is, um, I didn't say it. So this is what Jesus himself did. And that's our example that we need to follow. And so what what happened with that? And so Jesus um, told the little girl he went in of course, the girl appeared to be dead. Everyone said she was dead. And Jesus said, Talita Kumi, which means girl arise and she came to life. Mark 5 41. So Jesus went into a room and he created a miracle. The dead girl rose to life. And so whatever it is in your life that looks dead, it looks dry. The same thing that Jesus said, Talita Kumi. I would like to tell your dream to come alive, to arise and have um, that success, that that drive for success to come alive in you, despite what it is and the evidence that you are seeing around you. And so it didn't stop like that right there because Jesus knew he came as our example so we can know how to walk in this earth, walk with authority, walk with power in this in this earth. And so... Um, it's so it's so interesting that where he he was from Nazareth, and so people started when he started doing the miracles, like he just did this miracle with this girl. Then people started talking now, because you know once you step out and you do something, only now people know to start talking. And so this guy named Nathaniel in uh, John John two twenty seven. He said, "Can anything good come out of Nazareth?" And you know, for some reason, whenever someone says something negative to you or about you, it always gets back to you. Because the enemy wants to make sure that you know all the negative that people are saying about you. So it's going to get back to you. So it got back to Jesus. I don't know how he found out about it. But we know that it says in 2 John, I'm sorry, in John 2, that Nathaniel said, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Now, that's like a diss. That's like, To me, it's like so disrespectful. Like if you came from um, Georgia or you came from Antigua or you came from somewhere and somebody's going to tell you, can anything good come out of there? We might, you know, take offense. But what Jesus said was watch and you will see great things. That was Jesus classic. I love it. That was his response. He didn't say he didn't defend himself or anything. He just said, watch and you're going to see great things. He didn't just say, you're going to see things. He said great things. And he loves to use that word. That's why he said greater things than these you will do. He wants us to do greater miracles than he did. And then it says greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. That's why this series is called step into your greatness, because we have to know that God's plan is for us to be great so he can get the glory. It's not just to be great, to show off for your own self, to show off in your own strength, which we know he works through us so supernaturally that we can't even take the glory um, for for it. So God has given you a dream and the the dream is so big that you can't even do it yourself anyways. So I know for me, the ministry God has for me is greater than me. The dreams God has for me is greater than me and I can't attain it without him. So I have to go to the word and see how is it that Jesus, how Jesus moved, because he wants me to do greater things than, than he did. So what is it that he is saying to us that we need to do as we step into the things that God has for us? Because remember, we are God's hands and we are his feet. Remember in the end, Jesus said, when he asked you, when I was thirsty, did you give me water? When I was in prison, did you visit me? When I was sick, did you did you bring did you even bring up uh, some chicken soup for me? Because Jesus is not going to come here and bring somebody chicken soup and bring somebody some noodles and and give somebody water. We are His hands and feet. He has work for us to do, and we need to remember that everyone has an assignment, and no assignment is greater than the next. So whether whatever your dream is, don't belittle it and don't elevate it over somebody else's. We all have a task, an assignment. Um, sometimes you call it a goal or a dream, whatever you might call it. We like to call it purpose. God made us all for a purpose and you know yours because you know what it is that you have a desire for you to do. But fear and apprehension and all these naysayers and these voices around us, sometimes it, it's, it blocks our, us from, from stepping out in faith and doing that great work that God has for us to do here, while we're here on, on this earth. And so we also see that in Matthew thirteen fifty eight because I want to prepare you as you step out into doing this um you know this great work for God. You know, I don't want you to be blindsided because somebody don't have something good to say about you. It's okay. Jesus said, "Watch and you will see great things." That's all you need to learn to say. Watch and you will see uh great things and he kept moving, he kept stepping, he didn't stop. And so What was interesting is because in that area, the whole Nazareth area where he was from, it says in Matthew 13, 58, it says Jesus could do no great miracles in his own hometown because of unbelief. Then it went on further to say he could only lay hands on a few fake Sick folks, which means he could. The only things he could do, he couldn't do any miracles. He could, like, heal a headache here, you know, heal a little um skin condition here. He couldn't do any great miracles. All the great miracles we heard about was when Jesus crossed over on the other side of the of the um the Sea of Galilee when the one on the boat when he crossed over to the other side. He was able to do miracles. You know why? Because he left all the naysayers and all the doubters on that side. And he crossed over to where the people were expecting, they were believing in him. And he was able to do that thing, that, you know, that purpose that God had called him to do. And so in our lives, sometimes we need to cross over. Sometimes we we can't send the people out, but we need to go out and step over to the another side that God has for us. And so once Jesus grabbed his faithful disciples, he chose who he, he chose. I'm getting so excited. Jesus decided and he chose who would come on the boat with him to go on the other side. So we need to be bold and we need to be brave and we need to decide who we're going to have come with us. And we need to choose our team um, wisely and realize that our team can make us or our team can break us. So look around you. If you're not able to move, who is it that's keeping you from moving? And if anybody is saying anything uh, to you about you, Our response is just watch and you will see great things, which means you keep on moving. They got to see something to watch. When Jesus said watch, he said watch because he knew he was going to be doing great miracles. And even if it meant he had to cross over to the other side where the people were believing and for him to be able to, to do that. So this is a great part. So when Jesus left, he went to the other side and he started to do all these miracles. People started talking and this is the... I think this is the um, ASV version or the NLT version uh, of Mark 6. It said, we had no idea he was this good. They said, how did he get so wise all of a sudden? Such ability. And in the next breath, they were cutting him down. And they were saying, is he not the carpenter, the son of Mary and Joseph? Isn't he from Nazareth? Here goes somebody else again. <laughs> As if Jesus don't know where he came from. They keep reminding him where he came from. And that's what people like to do. Oh, isn't she the crackhead girl? Isn't she the, the? She wasn't she the, the prostitute? Wasn't she the, what, you know, they come up with all these things from your past. And they did it to Jesus. So you know, they're going to do it to you. Because he was perfect and we're not perfect. But they did it to him. So you know that they're going to do it uh, to you, and it literally said in quotations. They took offense to him. All right, they got offended because Jesus was going out doing good. You ever notice that you live in your dream, you 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 trying to get things done, and people are offended? They're like, who does he think he is? Who does she think she is doing X Y Z? And then your response is, watch, and you will see great things <laughs> because. It says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So all the forces that the enemy is trying to use to keep you from your greatness. To keep you from the purpose and the plan that God has for your life. We can't afford to look to the left, to the right, to listen to the naysayers. We need to do what step three is saying. We have to choose our team. We have to know when it's time to leave. We need to know when it's time to say goodbye. And we also need to know when it's time to cross over. So Jesus had to cross over to the other side. As we started talking earlier, we were talking about Gideon. He had to get rid of a bunch of men, a bunch of soldiers. He thought he needed all these people we could, you know, quantity. We, th- we thought he needed all these people to fight the war, but all he needed was a few faithful people, people who weren't afraid people who, 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 um, wasn't doubtful, apprehensive, but people who were wise at the same time. So, and then, um, Oh, I love this verse right here. So it's saying that a prophet has little honor in his hometown among relatives. And so um so Jesus already knew this and he's prepared us for this. So you are prepared. So when someone starts saying something, I don't need you getting offended. They can get offended, but not us. All right? So we're going to, you know, stay the course. We're going to keep our eyes on the prize. We're going to know that we have a purpose. We're going to know that God is in us and he is great who is in us. It says greater is he that is in us. We're going to remember that saying. And when the enemy tells us we can't do something, our response is, just like Jesus, we're going to say, watch, and you will see great things. Amen. So that is my word for you today. And next uh, next time, we're going to talk about step four. I'm not going to tell you what it is. You're going to have to tune in to find out. All right. And so stay tuned at the end. I have an very important message to sh- to uh, to share with you. So I'll see you again next time.